This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahmanir Rahim. Malik Yawmiddin. Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-mushtaka wa bika thiqatu wa alayka tuklan wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Allahumma la sahar illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta taj'al al-hazna idha shi'ta sahla Allahumma salli wa sallim ala sayyidina wa habibina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihadihi wa stanna bi sunnatihi wa da'a bi da'watihi ila yawmi ddeen uh, this is a continuation of our uh, weekly tafsir class It's going to be after Isha Just like all the other classes in the masjid And all the other lectures in the masjid They will be occurring now inshallah ta'ala after Isha Because Isha has come a bit closer So just keep that in mind inshallah ta'ala Any talk, lecture Is going to be after the Isha prayer We started uh, talking about uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam And uh, last week we started the verses that speak about this great prophet, this great messenger. And um, the ulama, they say that after uh, Rasulullah, after Prophet Muhammad wasallam, that the greatest messenger after him is Ibrahim. And there's a lot of evidence to point to that. Among that uh, being, uh, for example, how um, the type of praise Allah gives um, Ibrahim is very different than any other prophet in the Quran. He is the only uh, prophet in the Quran whom our messenger is told to specifically follow. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَوْحَيْنَ إِلَيْكَ أَنِ اتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمِ And O Muhammad, we have revealed upon you to follow the way of Ibrahim specifically. Also, he is the prophet that we mention the most after Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa In the Adhan, we, we mention our beloved prophet. Um, in our Shahada, we mention our beloved prophet. But there is a prophet that we also mention every day in our prayer. And that is during the salat. When you are doing your attahiyat, your tashahud, what do you say? Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim. So he is someone we are mentioning every day many, many times. And there are some duas that we have been taught by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to say every morning. And among it is, Asbahna ala, uh, ala millati abina Ibrahim. Asbahna ala millati abina Ibrahim And we woke up this morning Upon the way of our father Abraham Or Ibrahim alayhi salam So he is a very central figure in our, in, our, in our faith You will find that On the day of judgment No one is clothed No one is clothed And you might be thinking Will people not be looking at each other And the answer is no Because everyone is busy with uh, their trial and uh, Allah holding them accountable So they're not worried And they don't care And they will not be looking at each other Like the Prophet told Aisha When she found out That people will not be wearing any clothes On the day of judgment She said Will people not look at each other And he said Al-amru ashadda min dalik Indeed the affair is greater than that May Allah protect us on that day And make us among those That will have an easy account um, The first person to be clothed On the day of judgment is who? Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam first person to wear clothes is Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he has many, many virtues. We mentioned last week, the first to ever circumcise himself was Prophet Ibrahim. The first to host guests uh, in the way we do in Islam was Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam. And many, many sunnahs that we do, he started it. 
And today we're going to read the verses that he is the one that built the Kaaba. Uh, we spoke how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that he tested Ibrahim. We know our life is a test. We do not know if we will um, pass the test, if we will fulfill the commandments, if we will complete the trials. But Allah is saying here, and mention O Muhammad, and we mentioned these verses last week, and mention O Muhammad, Idibtala Ibrahim Rabbuhu, when Allah tested his uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested Ibrahim. When Ibrahim was tested by his Lord, rather. Bikalimatin with some commandments, Fa'atamahunna and he completed them. So Ibrahim completed his commandment. Nothing was asked of him except he did it. And even the most difficult task, he would do it. Whether that was leaving his baby boy Ismail and Hajar in the valley of Mecca with nothing to eat or to drink, trusting Allah, or the trial of slaughtering his son and sacrificing, or the trial of standing up against people and then being thrown into the fire, every single one of them he would pass with flying colors. And here in the following verses you're going to learn a little bit about Ibrahim alayhi salam. Um, so we start in verse 126. And mention of Muhammad, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ When Ibrahim said. Mention and remember. When Ibrahim said, رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا My Lord, make this city, Mecca, a place of security. O Allah, make Mecca safe. اجعل هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا oh, And when he is making this dua, there is nothing in Mecca yet. Right? But he is asking Allah to make it a safe place, a sanctuary. وَرْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ And provide its people with fruits, provision. And then he said, مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ بِاللَّهِ Who, O oh Allah, do I want you to provide with provision and fruits? Those among them that believe in Allah. وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And the last day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then answer Ibrahim's call. But let's analyze what Ibrahim is saying here. He's asking Allah what? Oh Allah, make Mecca what? Safe. Provide for his people what? Something to eat, provision. Peoples, everyone in this world, this is what they seek. Everything that we do in this world can be boiled down to do things. Mada yuridul insan? Yuridul amnu wal What do we want? We want safety and we want something to eat and drink. That's all we want. And everything that you go to work, why? To, to get provision, right? We have all these laws in place, why? For safety and security. And the moment we lose one, life will go sideways. The two essential things that anyone needs, any functioning society needs, is provision and peace. And that's what Ibrahim salam is asking. And there's a lesson to be learned here. Those two things need to be protected. We need to protect the peace and we need to ensure this provision available for everyone. And this is how you keep a society secure and safe. There's a beautiful hadith of the Prophet where he said, من أصبح آمنا في سربه معافا في بدنه عنده قوت يومه فكأنما حيزد له الدنيا بحذافيرها The Prophet said, whoever wakes up آمنا في سربه أي آمنا في بيت Someone that is safe in his home No one is chasing you No one is attacking you There is no war There are no criminals You feel 
safe enough to leave your home, come back, you have that ni'mah. Can we all attest to that ni'mah right now? Yes. Alhamdulillah. Even if sometimes certain neighborhoods are somewhat unsafe, generally speaking, Alhamdulillah we have safety. Mu'afan fi badanihi. Is safe in his body. It's healthy. So if you have health and you have safety, عِنْدَهُ قُوتَ يَوْمِهِ And he has something to eat that day. If you have those three things, it's as if the whole world has been given to you. This is what we want. Now you could want the most lavish lifestyle or the most simple lifestyle. You could be the richest person, but if people are after you and you're worried and you're scared, none of that lifestyle is going to help you if you don't have security. And if you are in the most secure place, but you have nothing to eat or drink, then same, same thing. So alhamdulillah, we have that. Remember to always thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the ni'mas that you have. So he's asking, oh Allah, provide Makkah, provide this city, this town, with safety, and provide provision and fruits for the people. Those among them, those among them that believe in Allah and the last day. Who did he exclude? Who did he exclude from this dua? Those that what? Don't believe in Allah in the last day. If you look at the earlier verse, Ibrahim made a dua. We mentioned this last week, but some of you were not here. If you look at the earlier verse, Ibrahim made a dua. He said, uh, Oh Allah, Allah said to him, Allah gave Ibrahim a, a gift, a promise. Allah said, I will make you an imam. I will make you someone that is followed by everyone. And we spoke about how all the major faiths, all the major religions, they respect Ibrahim alayhi salam. To the point where they're called what? The Abrahamic religions. Allah truly made him someone that everyone respects. Right? Allah says here, Inni ja'iluka linasi imama. I will make you to all of mankind an imam. Isn't that the case? That is the case. But then Ibrahim made, he said, وَمِن ذُرِّيَتِي Oh Allah, what about my offspring? What about my children and my descendants? Will they also be imams? So Allah then taught him a lesson. Allah said, لَا يَنَالُ عَهْدِ الظَّالِمِينَ My covenant and my promise to make your children or to make them imams and leaders and people that are followed will not apply to the wrongdoers among your offspring. So here you understand that not everyone that is from the descendants of Ibrahim will be someone deserving of this title of being an imam, someone that is followed. Does that make sense? So do you see how Allah is teaching him, not everyone that comes from your lineage will be what? Deserving of being leaders and being followed. And we know this. Are literally every person from Banu Israel good? No. Musa is dealing with a lot of Banu Israel that were bad. Isn't that the case? Tayyib. So now, when, when, when um, Ibrahim heard that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now he's saying, he's making a dua. Oh Allah, provide safety and security. And he's saying, Allah gives safety, security and provision to those that believe. To those who believe in Allah and the last day. Now Allah is now teaching Ibrahim another lesson. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah said, As for those who disbelieve, also, فَأُمَتِعْهُ قَلِيلًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, also those who disbelieve, I shall leave, I shall give them some of this worthy life as well. They will also get provision. They will also get safety and security. It's not exclusive to the believers. So Allah is saying, as for benefiting from this world, eating and drinking and living, 
then that is not exclusive to those who believe in Allah and the messenger. Messengers. What is exclusive to them? Becoming imams. Did you guys understand that? Allah is saying, وَمَنْ كَفَرَ As for those who disbelieve. I shall leave them in contentment for a while. They will enjoy this world. But because they deny the messengers, but because they denied the hereafter, because they rejected the truth, yes, they will enjoy this world, but then they will be compelled to the torment of the fire, المسير, and worse indeed is that destination, may Allah protect us from it. So Ibrahim, in this verse, what did, what did you learn? Ibrahim made a dua, Oh Allah, make Mecca a sanctuary, make Mecca safe, make Mecca peaceful, and wasn't that the case? That was absolutely the case. In Mecca, Mecca is a haram. It is a sanctuary. Where others were not allowed to harm each other and are not allowed to harm each other. In fact, animals are not allowed to be hunted there. In fact, the trees should be left alone there. That's how special it is. And even the polytheists of Mecca, we're talking about the Abu Jahals and the Abu Lahabs of the world. They respected that. And if someone would come across a man who killed his own father in the haram of Mecca, he wouldn't say anything to them. Because they knew they were in a sanctuary. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this place sanctity. Tayyib. Now, Allah is going to teach us how this place became sanctified and how it was built. وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَاعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ and remember and mention When Ibrahim was raising the foundations of the house Here Allah is telling us who raised the foundations The qawaid of the Kaaba Which two prophets are mentioned Ibrahim and his son Ismail The building of the Kaaba This sacred place by Ibrahim alayhi salam, according to many scholars, was a rebuilding. He wasn't the first to build it. Rather, it was built by the angels and they did tawaf around it. And it was, uh, and some ulama say the first to build it was Adam himself. When he came, he established the first place of worship and it was in Mecca and it was the Kaaba. And it was a place where many prophets would come and make tawaf and worship Allah in But Ibrahim salam had the honor To raise its foundations Even from the verse Allah doesn't say وَإِدْبَنَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ وَإِدْبَنَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْكَعْبَ When Ibrahim built the Kaaba, Allah said وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُوا إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ When Ibrahim was raising the foundations Meaning what? The foundations were already Were there What is he doing? He is stacking the stones on top of it And remember when Ibrahim Was raising the foundations of the bait The house uh, of course, this is the house of worship, the Kaaba, uh, Sharifa, wa Ismailu and Ismail. And while they're doing it, Qailina, they were saying, Rabbana, O our Lord, O our Lord, Taqabbal minna, accept from us. O our Lord, accept from us. Innaka anta sami'ul alim. Indeed, verily, you are the all hearer and the all knower. What's interesting is, they are asking Allah to accept from them while they are engaged in worshipping Allah. They are asking, oh Allah, accept from us. Two prophets doing something Allah told them to do. And they are saying, oh Allah, accept it from us. 
Why? Because here you learn a very important lesson. The believer, with regards to the worship that he does, your prayer, your charity, anything that you do that is a ibadah, you shouldn't be sure that it got accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You shouldn't be like, okay, I prayed, that's done, take it off. This is not the mentality of the believer. You do not know whether Allah accepted this from you or not. And there is a verse in the Quran that teaches us whose acts of worship are accepted. Allah says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, إِنَّمَا يَتَقَبَّلُ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Allah only accept from the pious. So, can we all guarantee that we are pious? Do we have a guarantee that we are from the muttaqin? No. So what should our attitude be when we worship, when we pray, when we give charity, when we, do, when we fast? What should our attitude be like? Allah mentioned it in the Quran as well. Uh, Allah mentioned those who give uh, what they have um, been given, those who do acts of worship and service and ibadah and charity while their hearts are trembling. Aisha, our mother, you'll find many a hadith of Aisha asking the Prophet something. And that shows you, her inquisitive and intelligent mind. We always benefit from her questions. Right? She was the one that asked earlier when we said the people will not be wearing any clothes. Who said, Ya Rasulullah, will they not be looking at each other? And then the Prophet said, No, things are worse. Than that, Aisha. And now here, Aisha heard this verse, radiallahu anha, of those who, when they are doing good, are worried. She's like, are those the sinners? Why are they worried? Are they those that sin and have shortcomings? And he said, no, they are not. Rather, they are the worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are worried because they do not know whether Allah accepted it from them or not. So the believer should, when you do an act of worship, you should be between fear and hope. What does that mean? Be thankful that you've done this act of worship. Many haven't. You've came to the masjid, you prayed. Many haven't. So what do you need to be? Thankful. Be hopeful. Yes, you've done a great act of worship. Be hopeful that Allah is going to accept it from you. But also be fearful. And that will make you rethink your intention. The next time you pray, you're going to work on your intention even more. Right? Did I come to the masjid just because my friend was coming? Or did I really come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Was I really focused on my ibadah or not? Was I, you know you're going to start working on yourself more. And it doesn't mean that you lose hope. Or you disregard the good that you've done. No, 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 no. By all means. Inshallah, Allah will accept it from you. But what we don't want is this relaxed attitude. Alhamdulillah, I prayed. It's done. Take it off. Take it off. Alhamdulillah, I got three hajjahs, two umrahs, this many salat. This is not how you should be thinking. Does that make sense? You do not know what has been accepted and what has not. And that should cause you to try more, but also always constantly worry about your attention. Does that mean you should disregard the good, act, good things that you've done? Don't disregard them, but don't also over-rely on them. Does that balance make sense, everyone? Right? Ibrahim alayhi salam, Ismail alayhi salam, prophets of Allah, building the Kaaba, saying, Oh Allah, accept from us. Oh Allah, accept from us. What should we say when we pray? Oh Allah, accept from us. Indeed, you are the uh, all-hearer and the all-knowing. And then they make this beautiful dua. Rabbana, O oh our Lord. Wajalna muslimaini. 
Oh Allah, make us people that submit to you. Make us Muslims. Look at this, Khanifillah. Is Ibrahim already not a Muslim? Is he not a Muslim already? Is he not a great prophet already? Is he not engaged in an act of worship already? Yet what is he saying? Oh Allah, make me someone that truly submits to you. The true believer always knows that there is more that they can do. Subhanaka ma'abadna haqqa ibadatik. Oh Allah, glory is to you. We have not worshipped you the way you deserve. And you can always improve. You can always ask, Oh Allah, make help me in your salah, in my prayer. Oh Allah, make me a better Muslim. These two prophets are saying, وَجَعَلْنَا مُسْلِمَيْنِ لَكَ Oh Allah, make us two that submit to you. Not just us, وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِنَا And oh Allah, make our children also those that submit to you. What do we learn here? The importance of making dua for your children, and their children, and their offspring, and your lineage. This is what they're doing. They're saying, Oh Allah, make us Muslims, but also our offspring. How often do we... Yes, even if you don't have children, one day you might... Start making dua for them. Oh Allah, make me a good person and those that come after me and those that come after them. Does that make sense everyone? Now look, you'll see now how important it is to make dua for the future and plant seeds. Rabbana waj'alna muslimaini lak. Oh Allah, make us two Muslims to you. Submitters. Submissive to you. Wamin dhurriyatina and also our offspring. Make them a ummah, a nation. Muslimatan that submits lakat to you, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, make our offspring a nation that submits to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what did you learn here? What does being a Muslim mean? To be what someone that submits to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A common misconception I have seen is Islam means peace. Islam means peace. Islam means submission. Through that submission you attain peace. Does that make sense? So there is peace in it, which is why they sound the same. Salam, Islam, right? Don't they sound the same? Salam, Islam. Salima, this person is someone that is safe, someone that has peace. As-salama, someone that submitted to Allah. And through your submission, you will attain peace, inner peace, outer peace. You will establish peace in this world and gain peace in the hereafter. But what does Islam mean? Submit. Allah tells you to do something, you do it. Allah tells you do not do something, stay away from it. This is Islam. Does that make sense if you want? So, O oh Allah, make our offspring a nation that is also in submission to you. And then they said, وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا O oh Allah, show us our manasik. What is our manasik? The word manasik is usually used for hajj. Acts of hajj are called manasik. Manasik is also used generally acts of worship. But, since they're building the Kaaba, the place people go to when they're doing what? When they're doing? Hajj. They're saying, Oh Allah, show us how we're going to do Hajj. How the people will do Hajj. Wa'arina and show us. Manasikana, our manasik, our acts of worship, the ceremonies of the pilgrimage. Wa'atub alayna and Oh Allah, forgive. Uh, accept our repentance Subhanallah If Ismail and Ibrahim are asking Allah To accept the repentance How often should we be asking Allah to accept our repentance I want you to imagine this scene They are literally Engaged in worship They are fulfilling the commands of Allah 
they are building the Kaaba that many thousands and thousands and millions and millions will go to worship. And they are asking Allah while they're doing that, Oh Allah, accept our good deeds. Oh Allah, make us Muslims. Oh Allah, make our children Muslims and their offspring, a nation of Muslims. Oh Allah, show us how we're going to worship you in, in, in Hajj. Oh Allah, accept our repentance. Indeed, you are, you are the Tawab and you are the Rahim. The Tawab is the acceptor of repentance. The word Tawab, something that's quite interesting, it means the one that accepts your repentance. So, how does that go? Person A sins, feels bad about the sin, asks Allah to forgive them, repents from their sin, and Allah does what? Accept their repentance because Allah is the Tawab. Right? Did you know that Tawab also means. That Allah is the one that initiates the need to repent in the servant to begin with. So it actually goes like this. Person A sins. Allah has so much mercy on that person. Allah starts putting the seeds of wanting to repent in that person to begin with. And the person asks Allah forgiveness. Then they repent. And Allah took the repentance. Who initiated the repentance to begin with? Allah. Who accepted it? Allah. If you ever want to understand that Allah is the most merciful, just look at that concept. We sin. And then Allah has so much mercy on us, He helps us repent, and then He accepts our repentance. Then Allah initiated the need to repent in their hearts, and then He accepts the repentance. SubhanAllah. May Allah make us among those that constantly go back to Him and repent from our sins. Oh Allah, forgive our sins. Oh Allah, forgive our sins. وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابِ Oh Allah, you are the acceptor of repentance, Ar-Rahim, you are the most merciful. رَبَّنَا, O oh our Lord. They're still making dua. We're still going through the dua. رَبَّنَا, O oh our Lord. Quick, who's making the dua? Who can tell me? Who's making the dua? Prophet Ibrahim and? Prophet Ismail. Brilliant. رَبَّنَا, O oh our Lord. وَبَعَثْ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا Send amongst them. Who's them here? The people that live, will live in Mecca. Allah send amongst them or their offspring. Oh Allah send amongst them Rasulan a messenger. Min whom from them, from amongst them. This messenger Yetlu alayhim will recite upon them ayatika, your ayat and your signs and your verses. And he will teach them Al Kitaba the book and Wal Hikmata the Sunnah and the wisdom. And he will purify them through Tarbiyah. Oh Allah innak anta you are indeed Al Azizu. And Al-Hakim, oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the one who is Aziz, the mighty. And you are Al-Hakim, the all-wise. So, what kind of dua did they do now? What did they ask Allah now? Send amongst them what a messenger. Who can tell me who the messenger is? The messenger is Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, Ana da'watu Ibrahim wa bushra Isa ibn Maryam. I am the prayer of Ibrahim and the glad tithing of Isa. So Ibrahim is making the dua. While he's building the Kaaba, he's saying, Oh Allah, the people that will live in Mecca sent amongst them a messenger from them. Thousands of years later, Allah sent among the people of Mecca a messenger from them. This messenger is also a direct descendant of Prophet Ibrahim. So Prophet Muhammad is a direct descendant of Prophet Ismail, who is the son of Ibrahim. What do they say? Make our offspring believers and Muslims. And the greatest believer and the greatest Muslim is from their offspring. 
Allah promised uh, uh, Ibrahim that he will make him an imam. And then he said, what about my offspring? And Allah said, not all of them, but some of them definitely. Among them, of course, is Prophet Muhammad But not just Prophet Muhammad um, Prophet Musa was from Banu Israel. Israel is Prophet Yaqub, the son of Prophet Ishaq, the son of Prophet Ibrahim. So, Musa, Dawood, Sulaiman, Zakariyah, Yahya, so many prophets of Israel, all are the descendants of Ibrahim salam. So when Ibrahim said, when Allah said, I will make you an imam, I will make you a leader, I will make you someone that is followed, someone that is loved, respected, a person that is a role model to all, and he said, oh Allah, and from my offspring, did Allah say this dua? Yes. And from his offspring, you have the greatest man and woman. And by, for example, among the women, Maryam alayhi salam. Maryam bintu Imran, married the mother of Isa alayhi salam, is from Banu Israel, a direct descendant of Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam. She is from the leaders as well, of course. So, they said, وَبْعَثْ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا Oh Allah, send from amongst them a messenger. يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِكَ Who will recite upon them your verses. وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ And will instruct them from the book. وَالْحِكْمَةَ And from the wisdom. The hikmah, the scholars say, hikmah here is referring to the sunnah. And, all, and you have some people that will say, we don't need to follow the sunnah, we need only the Qur'an. And what they don't understand is a very simple concept. When they separate the Qur'an from the sunnah, you cannot separate the Qur'an from the sunnah. For example, when we are praying, and we say, Allahu Akbar, and we put our hands on our chest. And when we go for ruku', how many rak'at we pray, how much charity we give, how often we need to go to hajj, the acts of hajj themselves, are they all in the Qur'an or are they in the sunnah? In the sunnah. If you remove the sunnah from our religion, most of our religion is gone. Because the sunnah is to, there to explain the Qur'an. The Prophet is the living embodiment of the Qur'an. Like Aisha when she was asked anha, Can you tell us about the character of the Prophet She said he was Quran, And the Prophet would teach us the Quran He would act upon the Quran And we would understand what it means to act upon the Quran Allah says establish the prayer Who do we then look to to establish the prayer? The Prophet Which is why there was this Qurani He was asked Do you pray five times a day? And he said no He said why is not in the Quran? Alright then how do you pray? Oh I just make dua so, khalas, that person doesn't pray. How do you do to hajj? Oh, I just go there and just be spiritual. Khalas, yeah, and this person has completely gotten rid of the whole Islam. But then we ask those people a question. Here, Prophet Ibrahim, it's in the Quran, is saying, Oh, Allah sent amongst them a messenger that's going to teach them the kitab. The kitab. And the hikmah. What's the hikmah? What's the hikmah? That's the sunnah. That's the sunnah. The hikmah here means the sunnah. And when Allah says in the Quran, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنْ لِنَاسِ مَا نُزِلَ إِلَيْهِمْ And we, send, we reveal upon you the Quran so that you may explain to them what's in it. Where is this explanation written? Yeah. Like when this is, when, where is this explanation written? It's in the sunnah. Right? So this is one of the most ridiculous claims. And to be honest, most of those people, the reason they become like that 
It's because salah becomes difficult for them. They don't want to wake up for fajr. They don't want to pay charity. They don't want to pay pay five to go to hajj. They're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna follow the Quran. It's a lot easier. It's shahwa. It's desires. No, there is not an intellectual argument there or an Islamic argument there whatsoever. And on top of that, when they reject the Sunnah, how did the Quran come to them? The same people that transited us the Quran has transited us the Sunnah. Right, the same way we know that the Prophet said Inna al-amalu bin-niyat because the Prophet Umar narrated that and Umar narrated to Al-Qamah and go on to go on. The Quran has been narrated to us as well. So if you deny the, the Sunnah, you must deny the Quran. They they cannot be separated whatsoever. They cannot be separated whatsoever. And we know our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is something that people should know as well. The Sunnah comes from Allah. The Sunnah comes from Allah. Just like the Quran. All of it is revelation. The Prophet said, I have been given the Quran and something like it with it. I have been given the Quran and something like it with it. What is it something like it? It's the Sunnah. Who gave it to him? Allah. The Prophet wasn't making it, out, making it up as he goes along. He's being divinely inspired by Allah. He's being divinely inspired by Allah. Who taught the Prophet how to pray? Angel Jibreel. Angel Jibreel was sent to Allah. He taught him how to pray. This is a hadith in Abu Dawood. Where, angel, where the, the timings of the salah. How do you know what, when to pray? Angel Jibreel came, led the Prophet in prayer. The Prophet saw how to pray. One day he prayed every single salah in his beginning time. The second, time he, second day he came and he prayed every single salah at his end time. And said, Ya Muhammad, as-salatu bayna The prayer is between these two times. This is not in the Quran. This is the Sunnah. But where is this information coming from? It's coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he's told, uh, your ummah has to pray five times, but the reward is 50. The hadith is salah wal-mi'raj. Is that in the Quran? It's mentioned in the Quran, Subhanallah, asra bi abdihi. Glory be to the one who did the Isra with his slave and to, uh, you know, the night journey. But the details of the night journey and the commandments, where will you find them? In the Sunnah. So, uh, the hikmah here is referring to the Sunnah where you zakihim and to purify them. So, the dua of Prophet Ibrahim here is, Oh Allah, send them a messenger. And now you learn the function of a messenger. Number one, yetlu alayhim ayatika. To recite upon them the verses that come from Allah. So Prophet Muhammad would recite them so that others can read, memorize, and act upon. And the act upon bit comes with where you and he would teach them Al Kitab the Quran. So one of the things that sometimes we get wrong is that we read the Quran more than we study the Quran. We read the Quran more than we study the Quran. Most people can read the Quran. On Jum'ah, they are reciting Surah Al-Kahf. Would you say most Muslims, they come to Jum'ah and they recite Surah Al-Kahf? How many among them know what Surah Al-Kahf is talking about? Think about that for a second. Jum'ah, Masjid is full. Everyone, Surah Al-Kahf. Alhamdulillah, alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba wa lam yaj'allahu iwaja. How many of them know what Surah Al-Kahf is talking about in detail? Not many. Because they have been taught to read the Quran, but they haven't studied the Quran. And this is what the Ummah is lacking. And if you look at the Sahaba, they were the, the, the opposite. One of the Sahaba said, Jundub, he said, 
We learned Iman before we learned the Quran. Ta'allamna al-Imana qabla al-Quran. Thumma ta'allamna al-Quran fazdadna Imana. We learned Iman first. We learned what to believe. We were taught what to believe. Then we were taught to read the Quran and through our recitation then we increased in our Iman. In another narration, the Sahaba said we would only recite 10 verses, learn what they mean, try to apply them and then move on. So it's this system is missing in our madaris, it is missing in our masajid, it is missing in our homes. Now does that mean that we should not recite the Qur'an? Absolutely, we should recite the Qur'an even more so. But we should emphasize on understanding the message. What is Allah telling us? Uh, I'm quickly going to go over the ayahs that we read today inshallah ta'ala and conclude. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا When Ibrahim said, O oh my Lord, make this a safe city, a safe and secure city. وَرْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ And provide its people from it fruits and provision. مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ Those among them that believed in Allah and the hereafter. Allah said, قَالَ وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَأُمَتِّعُ قَلِيلًا And also those who disbelieve and reject, they will also be given from its provision for a while. Meaning, the disbelievers will also benefit from the dunya. ثُمَّ أَضَّرُّهُ إِلَىٰ عَذَابِ النَّارِ But then Allah said, we will compel them to a, a, a torment of the hellfire, or al masheer and what they worst indeed is that as a destination. Then Allah said, and mention and remember, إِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ When Ibrahim was raising the foundations of the house, the Kaaba in Mecca, where Ismail, where Ismail was doing the same, and they were saying while building, Rabbana, O oh our Lord, taqabbal minna, accept from us our worship, our building, innak anta samiun alim, indeed, you are the all hearer and the all knower. Rabbana, wajalna muslimain, O oh Allah, make us two Muslims who are submitting to you, laka to you, wa min dhuriyatina, and O oh Allah, from our offspring, make an ummah, a nation, Muslimat al laka, that is also submitting to you and our Muslims, wa arina manasikana, and O oh Allah, show us the ceremonies of Hajj and how to worship you in Hajj, wa tub alayna, and O oh Allah, accept our repentance, innaka anta tawwab rahim indeed you are the tawwab, the acceptor of repentance, ar-rahim and the merciful. Rabbana, O oh our Lord, wabath fihim, send among them Rasul and a messenger. And this messenger is who? Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yatlu alayhim ayatika that will recite upon them your verses and your ayat. الكتابة, and will teach them the kitab, al-hikmata and the sunnah and the wisdom. Wayzakihim and purify them by teaching them all of that. Innaka anta al-aziz. Indeed, O Allah, you are the Almighty, al-hakimu, the all-wise. We stop here, inshallah, ta'ala, at verse 129. We'll continue next week. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.